Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and uh, it is November. <laughs> you look outside, it's definitely November. And we're getting some snow, which we typically don't always seem to get in November last couple of years. So actually, I think it's kind of a good thing because the ground hasn't frozen and this moisture is going to get into the ground and uh, and do some good. So hopefully we'll see a lot less desiccation and it'll help uh, heal up our big evergreens and a lot of the big trees around Calgary that need this much needed moisture. And I got Terry Kemper on the line. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. How you doing today? Uh, doing not too bad. Still a little under the weather here, but uh, other than that, uh, doing pretty good. Yeah, you're uh, you're actually up in Edmonton, so yeah, just uh, up in Edmonton, helping with uh, a move with some family here. So that's, nice. Uh, Do you get much always... snow up there? Or? Um, I think about the same as us. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we got a we got another good dump overnight down here. So did we? It's uh, okay. yeah. So yeah, head, another head back two or three inches. That, um, yeah, like you were saying, any moisture at this time of year and whatever form is always welcome, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, and on the news, they're talking about that road between Calgary and Edmonton. You got to be uh, so if you are traveling in between the two cities, always in that Red Deer, Olds, Innisville sort of area. It can get a little bit, uh, a little bit dicey. So just, just take there. your time, okay. take your time, and uh, on that traveling on that road. So for right, everybody we'll that's going back and forth, it can be a little bit nasty. So um, let's slow her down a bit, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Exactly. Um, but so back to some gardening. We we hear the traffic every 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 half hour, so I don't really need to cover it. <laughs> so, but. Um, Going in for our trees and shrubs, like like I said, this kind of moisture, I'm uh, I'm in a new place, so I'm figuring out all my my shoveling pathways. So I've been piling the the snow underneath the the spruce trees and uh, any of your deciduous trees. So if you do have the opportunity to do any of that snow farming, as much as we we don't want to go outside, shovel a little bit of the snow because it was actually pretty wet. Um, the first couple of snowfalls here had a lot of moisture in it, so it'll yeah. be it'll be nice, beneficial snow for for all of our gardening and stuff. So, yeah, definitely get it on those flower beds for sure. Yeah, and did you you guys uh, add down at the store? I know you guys were working at. You got everything almost winterized. They got a little bit of mulching left to do, but uh, it was yeah, good. We got most, most part, of the trees all yeah, in the we trenches. Were, at, yeah, we were busy boys this week, so got uh, most of it put away for the winter and mulched and so um yeah now it can now it can snow all at once <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely and uh and if you are and as we we're the i know everybody at the store have been working hard getting all of our christmas decor and everything out it's starting to look actually really really good and i know chris is uh working hard her and suzanne have a master plan together and uh, are putting everything together and got confirmation. I phoned Santa this week. He's coming in. He's going to be down at Spruce It Up on the weekend of the of the tenth and the eleventh. Oh, nice! His reindeer. Yeah. Yeah. I said, Santa, I've been good again. So come on, come on down. And so he's going to come visit us. So you can sign up for pictures and that on our website. It'll be all set up. Um, and Elise is getting that uh, 
getting that going. So once we get all the final details, we will uh, get that all up online and people can sign up for that. And uh, we are, I'm pretty sure we're Calories only Santa and reindeer. Like that's how tight we are with Santa. He actually brings the reindeer with him and even takes pictures. And I think we're the only place. So it's because guys like you and I, Terry, are so good that uh, Santa dispends the rules a little bit for us. So (laughs) as he should. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, and uh, so. That'll be that'll be a good weekend, and that's December tenth and eleventh down at Spruce It Up. We'll be doing that, and a bunch of our team are doing the Movember. So if you uh, if you have a hankering to support um, the Stash It Up team, you can search us on the Movember, <laughs> and you can see a few of our ugly mugs trying to grow some some mustaches and stuff. So uh, if, if you're into um, want to support us, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, so and now we go into this, Terry. So now what do we do? I know I, I was doing a bunch of annual ordering yesterday, um, chatting with Chris. She gave me her list for her project. So I got that into our growing partners and I was chatting with our growers, trying to get, make sure we get all our annuals lined up. Um, and I know you've been working hard on securing a bunch of, uh, plant material yeah, for, um, for next season. Yeah, definitely not much rest between the end of the season and the start of the next. So we're always working several several months um, in the you know in the future. So um, I'm starting to see a lot of the avails come out now for uh, perennials. Um, lots of our trees and shrubs uh, are pre-booked, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun looking through those lists and and doing some doing some highlighting and. and uh, Trying to put uh, a really, you know, uh, curated selection of perennials together. Yeah, I ordered. I noticed on this on one of our tree suppliers, and I only got two year seedlings, so we're gonna have to grow them on this summer. We're gonna do a little bit more at spruce. Um, I ordered some zone four peaches. Okay. So, <laughs> I like how you said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I, so I, I ordered, and not a lot, like I think 30 or 40, there's two or three varieties. Right. Um, so we're going to do some trials with these zone four peaches and see if we can uh, have some success with them and, uh, and get them growing. Um, Supposedly they're they're hardy. So I'm looking forward to it. Sorry. Yeah. If there's zone four, why not? I mean, that's, uh, you know, I'm always one for pushing the zone and trying to, um, push the limits of what we can do. So, yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff Sounds that great. when it's coming out of Siberia and stuff like that and different places and Northern Asia where they have hybrid and have done some things with some plants and they're always searching up in the mountains and different plateaus and different areas in Asia and that, cause we're in the similar zone. So they're uh, trying to find some of these different varieties. So, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to to when those arrive to to see how they how they'll grow for us in the summer. But if you want to join us, phone lines are open, and it is a. Uh, I guess we have to change the time today. So if you're, and I'm sure everybody's figured that out. This is the good one, I guess. Everyone gets to sleep in a bit, extra hour. So 
but for me, it's always harder. I was, and I was, I was just up an hour earlier. And I was just like <laughs> wide awake at like four. So I was like, oh god. So I just gotta make sure I try to stay up night late tonight. Yeah. So the one we got is a Chulum Tao peach, and then a Siberian peach, and then I also <laughs> got some treasured red um, columnar apples, and these are all just one year old cuttings. Um, or well, yeah, seedlings. Mm -hmm. So we'll uh, we'll see how they go, Terry. So yeah, I got. Uh, I don't like I said. I don't got a ton of. I got ten of the the Chulam Tao peach, and then the Siberian peach. I have twenty, and then uh, of the columnar apple, I only got five. So that's all that was available for us at this time. So I thought I would try some of these and. Uh, and we can plant those up in our little nursery and and see what kind of success we can uh, come up with of those. So, but anyways, yeah. if you want to join us, phone lines are wide open: four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Be happy to take any of your questions and uh, and chatting about what you need to do in the garden. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CH. QR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I am here with Terry Kemper and it is brought to you by Spruce It Up Coverage Year-Round Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we do have a couple callers on the line already and we're going to go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How can we help you this morning? I have a question. I'm really curious about something. Um, one of my trees in the backyard, which is a huge deciduous tree, has hardly lost one of its leaves. So the tree is still covered with a million leaves. And I'm curious, should that be a concern? Will that have an effect on the growth of that tree next year? Um, it, it shouldn't. And there's a few trees in my neighborhood that um, have that as well. I have a, a neighbor a couple doors down to like a 40-foot columnar aspen, and it's still full of leaves. And when that wind picked up yesterday, a whole bunch of the leaves uh, started blowing off. Um, it was just it was just a bit of the just how the season went. We had the warm weather going a little bit later. And then some of them just didn't trigger the the leaves. Typically, they're always fine, so I wouldn't be too too concerned. Um, where it is a bit of concern is when we get the um, heavy snow. The yeah, the uh, branches the leaves, are just yeah can catch yeah. a lot more snow in that. So yes. that's and the, and they also hold a lot more ice in that. So that can cause more damage that way. But hopefully here in the next bit, we get a little bit of breeze. And after this really cold, um, most of those leaves, I would think, are going to come right off the tree. All right. Um, okay. That I was just really curious about that because that's just never – I don't remember that ever happening to yeah, that Yeah, no, there's just before. a few trees I look around. Like I said, it seems uh, more the aspens um, – some of the willows still have a few of their leaves, and but it's not every columnar aspen. Like I said, there's lots in my neighborhood that um, there's none. There's just a couple. Some people maybe just watered a bit more, and they didn't get they didn't shut down. But I, w I wouldn't be too concerned. Um, for the most okay. part, it's going to be fine. All right, All perfect. Right. Thanks so much for your time. Bye. Thanks, Carol. Take care. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. 
All right, and we're going to go to Tracy. Good morning, Tracy. Hi, Merle. It's Tracy. How are you? I'm doing great. How can we help you out? Okay, so I would have just asked you this personally, but I figure I can't be the only one with this problem. Um, I live down by Spruce It Up. I have a moose that regularly comes (laughs) and visits the yard. And this year, during the nice warm weather, had him, so there's a big male, there's a big female, and there's two calves. And they have absolutely, like the the weight of them on the lawn uh, has just absolutely thrashed it. And I don't know what the fix is. I know it'll have to happen in the spring, but what on earth do I do? When I took the lawnmower over it for the last cut of the season, it was it was kind of like four by fouring. Um, yeah, no, they they can create some big lumps. So, Tracy, what we're going to have to do is you're just going to have to do some top dressing. So first thing in the spring, you'll give it a really short mow. Um, okay. And this as best you can. And then fertilize, get the grass growing, like do your power rake, the normal thing. And let this is let the grass get going, get greening up a bit. And then at that point, when you see it starting to grow, we'll start filling in those divots with, with loam. And then it's amazing how fast the grass will eat that up. So you just have to keep adding an inch or two at a time and then just pack it in and it will fill that back in. But yeah, the grass must have been a little bit moist and the moose, like you said, are just so big. Um, And they always seem to, whenever we do projects in the country, we'll lay the sod. We won't see a moose the whole time we're there or something or a deer. But as soon as we're done and we watered it all, Tracy, then the moose decides I'm going to go trampling through the sod, right? And exactly. that's, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they and, love that. They love that. So, well, and to hop the fence too, you know, then they're coming down with, with great force on that. Like, I, I bet you I've probably got a six inch divot there, and it's compacted soil too now, right? Like, yep. everybody talks about not walking on your lawn too early in the spring because you'll wreck it, but. I, I don't have a problem with that. The moose too far worth damage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on those like, ones, when they're really deep like that too, we'll probably, you probably just have to fill them in and, and we might have to throw a little bit of grass seed or a little patch of sod. Depends how big they are. But grass is pretty resilient. It's amazing. Um, um, when it's flattened out and we add in some loam, get it growing, uh, the grass will eat that soil right back up and it, and it should be totally fine. So. Okay. All right. All righty. Thanks, Thanks for calling, and it, be Thanks. safe out there. All Thanks. right. Thanks, Tracy. Um, so, Terry, yeah, the, in the, the animals uh, at this time of year, they're looking for snacks, and they're going to like to chew in our trees. So we have a couple products, like the Bobex is one that uh, you use that. Do you do you get much of a problem out in High River, Terry? Actually, I'm pretty lucky that I don't. Um, my biggest battle is uh, porcupines and squirrels. But uh, I don't have to wrestle with deer or uh, or moose issues at all. But so. the porcupines could do some of the worst damage, and you oh, don't see them. Yeah, yeah, they they can be. Um, <clears throat> they're small, but they're mighty. Yeah. Um, well, they so. can devastate a spruce tree because they'll get in the middle of it, and you don't see it, and they'll chew all the bark off the trunk and the inner branches of your spruce tree, and then when they're done, they just go away. And then all of a sudden, your your spruce tree in about two months loses all its needles, and you think, "What's going on?" 
Yeah, and they'll usually do and that. And you see the all the bark are stripped see, off. Right? Yeah. So it's uh, those are those are the ones that are sometimes worse. But the Bob X is a herb-based product that you can spray on all of your trees and shrubs. And if you haven't done it, it's good to get out there and get those um, sprayed. You might now have to wait for it to warm up a bit. In the next uh, week or two, it should warm up again. And usually, you only have to apply it once a month throughout the winter, roughly. And uh, but it does make a big difference, and it is. Um, for the cost of of your trees and that, it, it's definitely worth it because if they strip that bark off, there's not a much you can do. But then also we have the mice down in the on the lower part, so and that's a tough one. So you want to pull the snow away from the trunk. You don't want to bury the trunk of your of your deciduous trees because that again creates that little parkade where that mouse can just use that to climb up and chew the bark off the lower part of your newly planted trees so what i would do is uh pull the pull the snow away from the trunk still leave it around the base of your tree but pull it away from the trunk and they do have those little poison bait strips um that only the mouse goes in there eats it and it's a one-time kill and and it does help with um keeping it or you can use the plant skid around the perimeter and that's a blood-based product yeah and that's a good product too yeah and i don't like using it on the trees as much because it does come out with a red coloring because it is a blood-based product and that's where the bobex is great for the foliage and your bark but around the perimeter of your property um you could just spray that um plant skid do a perimeter application and around the base of your tree in that if you're getting lots of mice and and that definitely helps keep them away on that kind of thing works like the blood meal it's, al it's also great for bulbs and things like right. that if you spent a bunch of time like terry digging like crazy and then to have the the squirrels or the or the mice come in and uh, and chew away up uh, at all your hard work so that definitely makes a big difference um we have a couple texts here I'll read it for you, Terry, and then you can uh, give me the answer. Hi, I have an ornamental crab. Oh, here we go. And they still have leaves. Lots of trees in there still have leaves. <clears throat> I live in Saddle Ridge. Again, any concern for you, Terry? And No, I've had that experience before um, with, um, with leaves staying on the trees. And generally, I mean, there's not a whole lot we can do. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be going out there and, and trying to, you know, pull leaves off the tree they'll lose their leaves um like you said usually when we get a good good bout of cold that will really really um change things and um i have uh, my neighbor has about six or seven swedish column raspin and up until this last bit of cold um there was they were fully fully in leaf and then yeah. after uh, we got this this cold spell uh they all they all fell um in my yard but that's another one <laughs> No, That's absolutely. Yeah, so they will they will fall. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Okay, yep, yeah, me either. All right, we got to take a quick break for the news. If you want to join us after the news, phone lines are wide open at 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. And as we head in, this is our first... These last few days are our first big snowfalls of the season, and it's always a good time to kind of look back 
um, and sort of what went good, what went bad, um, what do you want to do different next year. And it's also a really good time to go out and look in your yard um, once the snow is covered. Like, because here we are, we got November, December, January, February, March, April, kind of six months um, with not a lot of life happening in our backyard. So, um, what what do you need in your backyard to add a little bit of feature to it? Um, what what can you what can you do to create some winter interest and uh, so, Terry, what, what are your thoughts on some of the things that uh, recap in, like, your garden and, and different gardens or what, what people can do at this time of year? Yeah, so as as I'm planting, I'm, I'm guilty of uh, sort of, you know, telling myself that, hey, I'll remember exactly what I planted where. And then fast forward a few months, I have no clue where, where what is. <laughs> <laughs> So Absolutely. what I'll usually do is I'll try, uh, even if I'm when I'm planting, I'll usually try just to make a really, really rough sketch just so I've got an idea uh, of, of what I've got where, um, knowing that I'll probably polish it up a little bit. Um, I tend to, you know, if I'm planting three or five of something, I'll keep one of the tags, throw it in a pot, but then that usually hits the garage. So just kind of those loose end things. Um, I find this is a good time of year while it's fresh in your mind. So that um, you're like, oh, yeah, I only planted that, you know, three weeks ago. So I know exactly where that is. And then it helps you to um, just maybe keep a little extra attention uh, on those areas um, in the spring, right? Yeah. Like, um, oh, yeah, I planted some tulips in this area. So I'll just be on the watch for those. Um, it, yeah, I think it's it, a. Yeah, we have these actually in the store. And it took us a bit because there was lots. We always looked for some nice journals. So we actually found some uh, company that uh, sells journals. And it's they're actually kind of nice because you can go through and you can add all your notes, what you've done. So it makes it nice. And it's rather than a lot of people are using your phone nowadays and stuff, you're put into your notes, into your iPhone and take a picture with it, which works as well. But there's something about sitting in the garden and just making a few notes because uh, usually your hands are a little bit dirty, so you get a little bit of dirt on that page, and you kind of it makes it uh, a little bit more authentic. And then you're flipping through out in the backyard. You don't have to. You could be totally disconnected. You can put your phone away and uh, pull out your journal and kind of see what you did last year, and and maybe look at that little sketch that you drew where you where you're going to plant those tulips or where you planted those daffodils that you're going to hope that are going to come up next year. So yeah, keeping keeping track is always a good thing, I think, right? Because um, you can fill up those spaces pretty quick, and and you don't want to go too close to everything either, right? So if you are planning um, something for the for the following spring, you want to be able to to have some thoughts on on where you're going to go. Yeah, absolutely. I am um, I'm a big proponent of. Uh... I like the the pen and paper. Um, I mean, I take some pictures of my yard as well, just for reference. Yep. But there's just something about you know um, sitting down with uh, pen and paper and just doing some you know. Um, I mean, you don't really have to be much of an artist. Just you know, some quick drawings um, to uh, to give you a reference for, for next year. Yeah, you're just drawing shapes. You're not trying yeah, to exactly. create the Mona Lisa or anything. You're just no, uh, adding some shapes and sort of. 
lay out the perimeter of your yard and then sort of some of your big anchor trees and you can fill in the spots uh and then once you're done you're amazed at actually how good it looks when you're just sort of you just lace a little google scout or a little sketch on your thing and uh and it looks good when you just doodled a little bit i, I meant to say doodle not google you so, <laughs> so used to googling my whole yeah. life away so <laughs> it's just uh anyways if you and if anybody wants to join us phone lines are wide open 403 nine seven four eight two five five i think everybody's just out shoveling away um trying to clear all the walkways and uh, all that kind of fun stuff right now and uh, another thing um if you if you do have your amaryllis or anything like that right now is a great time to pull them up either last week this week or next week and next little bit pull up your uh, amaryllis and uh, get it ready to get grown, and it'll give you some nice color as we head into the end of December, beginning of December. Um, so you want to get those pulled out, ready to go. Um, did, do you do any of that, Terry? Do you winterize any of your indoor bulbs and things like that? Um, a few. Um, not amaryllis, um, but uh, some of the you know the tender, like the, the, um, the cannas. Yeah, so you try and keep some cannas over. Um, just do they get was... bigger for you each year? Like I haven't done those. Um, do, do you find like if you if you winter your cannas, will they get bigger the following season? Because sometimes yeah. you see some people with just monster cannas. Yeah, they actually the you know the, the canna um, you know the crown of that plant um, just puts on a tremendous amount of growth in a single season. So. If you, you know when you when you pot those up in the in the spring, and then when you shake the dirt off of them in the fall, like I'm always amazed at the growth that they put on, um, and they're pretty easy to divide. Um, I think if you, uh, I mean, you, you know, you could take a single can and probably divide it into you know uh, as many as ten or twelve pieces, or you can oh, you really? know, do like three or four, um, and then leaving them as a as a bigger piece, you're going to get some, some bigger plants. Yeah, and I'm going to, speaking of notes, I've had a lot of people ask me um, for our hummingbird recipe. So we're going to have a few of those posted. We'll have them on our social media, and then we will have them on our, on our website. And I know Myrna Pierman from the our bird expert um, has texted me a couple times this week. I'll, I just gotta, I'll write down all the, the official names of everything, and I'll get that out to everybody and access to it. So you can have that uh hopefully the same experience i have like that's something um i look forward to now every 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 summer is something like that that we can attract birds or certain things into your garden and uh whether it be uh, hummingbirds um a lot of people are doing bees a lot of people are doing different things and maybe what you don't want to attract into your yard as well so there's some things some deterrent things that that you can plant and maybe terry and i will talk on a bit of that kind of stuff after the break if you want to join us in either talk or text um phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr good morning and welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Earl coombs and i do have terry kemper with me he's from the tree lot and perennial house down at the spruce it up garden center and we're going to go right to the phone lines. We have a 
couple callers on if you want to join us. Phone lines are open. We have a couple spots. 403-974-8255. And we're going to go to Alex. Good morning, Alex. Uh, she'll should get it here in a couple seconds. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Hey, how are you? How can we help you? I, I, I live in Black Diamond, and I'd like to know what kind of fertilizer I can use to do uh, put into my garden because it doesn't seem to be growing too good anymore. Yeah, so you probably need to do some, if you can maybe turn the radio off in the background. Um, what you need to do is um, you need to amend the soil as well. So adding some um, sea soil, maybe some of the composts, um, you might need to add, um, and depending on what it's needed, if it's really hard, like some, just some more organics to help loosen it up. And then we also have a product called, uh, um, it's from Evolve. You can mix it right into the soil. And then we have uh, one by Groundskeeper's Pride. It's an organic veggie fertilizer. It's 838, I believe, are the numbers. And you can just mix that right into the soil. But it's more important to add some new organics and just amend the soil at this um, in the spring. It's probably a little bit late now, unless this all melts quickly and then you could get some on. But uh, also another good one is that cocoa moss. Because you mix that into the soil, it really helps um, hold some moisture and, and builds up the organics into your into your soil. Sure. What are you growing? Is this in your veggie garden? Yes, I grow like tomatoes and uh, no, carrots and yep. beets and beans and so on. Yeah, also like one of those big yellow bags. Like they have a few different varieties that you can use. Um, we also have a good garden mix at the store. If you, if you have a bit of room, if you're in Black Diamond, we, we also deliver it in bulk, and it's a nice mix. You can just mix that right into your garden as well. All right, yeah. All righty. Thanks, okay. Alex. Thank you so Thank much. You. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Amber. Good morning, Amber. Oh, hello. Hi, Amber. How can we help you? Hi. I have um, an amaryllis that I received last year around this time and um the amaryllis with i believe paper whites around it and yep. i just have left it at um by a west facing window i didn't yep. like move it at all and so now um the paper whites are coming up but they have on the tips of them like they're kind of a pale yellow and then the yep. amaryllis itself the leaves are huge Yeah, so what you need to do is that one needs to go into dormancy. Um, okay. So what you need to do is just stop watering it and and just let it die back. Like all, But don't cut the leaves off until they're totally crispied up. So just, just sort of move it into a darker, cooler spot in your house and just sort of let it all, and all that energy from the leaves and that will get downloaded into the bulb. But also, even at this time, even if you want to feed it one more time, like hit it with a 15, 30, 15, something with a high middle number, or a 20, 20, 20, something like that. Um, just give it one last fertilizer um, before you start letting it dry out. And then that will help build the trace elements into that bulb. 
but then it needs to sit for like eight or ten weeks into a cool dark place um so you can find a spot put into a cardboard box and get a little bit of dry potting soil or peat moss and take the bulbs out store them in there put them into the coolest darkest spot you got into your house um without freezing and leave it for at least eight to ten weeks and uh and pull it up and then you can get it growing again so you're going to be into like january february or march something like that if you when you decide to pull it up um and then you can just let it bloom do its thing and then let it go dormant and then pull it up again next november so you can have it for for the winter season okay they need to go through that dormant period yeah Right now, I haven't been watering it. Should I water it one more time before I do that? Yeah, water one more. Yeah, do it one more time, and then have you been fertilizing it all or doing anything? No, no fertilizer. Okay. Yeah, it, it'd be good to give it one last. If you could water it really good here, fertilize it, and then just leave it for. It'll take two to three weeks before it'll dry out, lose all its leaves, and sort of get crispy up a bit, and then at that point, okay. pull it out of the soil knock off all the dead soil, cut off the foliage, and then stick it into that cool, dark place. Okay. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and then just leave it, like I said, you can leave it till, uh, at least, leave it at least till like, March or April or something, and uh, it depends how long it takes here to get dormant, and then, you're, then you'll be good, and you'll get a bloom for early spring, summer, let it go dormant again, and go through that same process, and then right by November at this time, you should be ready to go for round two. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Good luck, Amber. Thanks. Have a good Thanks. day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, and we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Going to go to the phone line. we got Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. How are you this morning? Doing great. How can we help you? Well, i got a question on overwintering succulents. Okay. We've got quite a, quite, a, quite a large amount of succulents in various sized pots. What's the best conditions? How much should I water them? Should they have artificial light? What do we do? I'll let uh, Terry take this, take this one. He's the he's a pro on overwintering. He's a succulent <laughs> expert, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, I would definitely invest in some lights. Um, that's going to be your 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 best bet to get those through the winter. Um, so just dedicate a, uh, an area uh, close by a, a bright um, where you've got sort of bright sunlight, um, maybe a south facing yeah. window. And yep. um, and I would keep them keep them together. Um, if yep. if they struggle for light, they'll sort of they'll start reaching and they get kind of sort of long and a little lanky. So um, the more um, light that you can get on those things, um, okay. the less you'll have that. So are you are you talking like the aeoniums and like the echeverias and that kind of stuff? You had these outside uh, in the summer, know. did you? I don't I don't know the names of them. They're my wife buys a couple hundred dollars worth of succulents every year, and right. I'm trying to save okay. some money in the spring. Is all are that. these they're indoor or outdoor? Indoor or outdoor, outdoor ones? Okay. They're all outdoor. Yeah. All outdoor. Okay, so like sedums and things like that. 
yeah, there's a, a whole bunch of pearls, uh, you name it, we've got it. Um, should, should I water them very much? How much water should they take? Um, I would, um, they're not going to need a lot of water, but I would right. probably, um, depending on the conditions in your house, um, I would just probably uh, water and then keep an eye on them. Check them after a couple of weeks. Uh, if you're not yep. sure, I'd probably invest in a moisture meter just so okay. that you're not guessing. Um, yep. But, I mean, typically, you know, we have a tendency to, um, uh, I think, overwater succulents. Um, yeah, I think I killed them with kindness last year when yeah. I tried this. Yeah, so um, okay. they are designed to, uh, to, you know, to be uh, fairly drought tolerant. But yeah. Um, okay. Still, they, they are going to need, need some moisture, so I would probably water and then, yeah, check them after a couple of weeks, um, okay. and then with the help of a moisture meter. Okay. Yeah, okay. make my decision whether or not to water after that. Okay. And what size pots are they in, Kevin? Well, there's various ones. There's anywhere from uh, larger, you know, 18-inch pots that are about 18 inches deep, and some I've got into whole rock logs that carved out. Okay, so you, you're, you've brought them all inside, or are some of these still outside? No, they're all inside. The ones I left outside, okay. they seem to freeze off every year. Yeah, I've done some sedums and some of the smaller ones and in, in pots, and as long as you yeah. kind of keep them out of the sun and put them into a, a little bit of a shady location, um, I've had them pretty good success, and throwing snow on them over the winter... Um, oh. so I've had some good luck with sedum and that just growing oh. them right in the pots and uh, oh. so that's okay. another thing you can give a try on some of them yeah. and as long, long as you're not left right out in the wide open and and if you yeah, put them into a I, little bit of a shady spot and and uh, well, we tried, just keep them well, covered we tried, uh, last winter was we put them on the east side of a house where it's protected yeah. and then wrapped, wrapped them in burlap and just kept them close to the foundation of the house. But it's, yeah, I, maybe one out of about plants survived. So. Yeah, the burlap is, I kind of not a big fan of burlap for our area. It oh. almost creates like a, a blanket, like it's too warm sometimes. Oh. So you're better off covering them right with leaves or the snow. Because um, oh. I find when we, even when we do get our Chinooks, if you have sort of like a blanket on them, they almost heat up and dry out more. Um, oh. So, just more of a natural blanket is much better. Like same with I wrapping think... cedars and things like that. That's more right. of an Eastern Canadian thing. It's more to help protect from the heavy snow breaking the branches, like and and stuff like that. Oh. Like it's okay. and if you do do it in Calgary, I recommend putting the burlap or the wind fence about a foot or two away from the cedars, so it kind of creates like a more of a wind barrier. If you wrap them real tight, a lot of times it'll create an oven and can burn the foliage off them. So. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I'll give All it right. a try. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Have Kevin. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. If you want to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. We're going to take a break right now for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. And one of our gardening friends, Dwight, sent us a picture there, Terry. He cut back his peppers. And it's funny, I follow a couple of gardening guys on Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, this guy was down in the States, and he was doing the same thing Dwight was doing. He 
cutting back his peppers at the end of the season and sort of letting them go dormant for a bit. And because uh, in some of those spots, they're perennials. So he's uh, regrown them. And uh, so the only thing I would maybe recommend, Dwight, is it looks like that's just in a four inch pot. I would maybe look at transplanting that one um, right now. I find uh, you're going to be lacking some some roots and things like that. So maybe um, maybe give that a little bit of a new soil and uh, and try that. But it made sense like this guy ended up with these peppers, Terry, that like are almost over a foot, like 18 inches high, and then he winterizes them and then gets them going in a couple months and when they have their short. Uh, winter season so it's kind of cool when you can do different things yeah for sure it is i'm just looking at the, the difference between the two pictures from um uh, week and a bit ago to now and i mean it's not huge but the the amount of, uh, of leaf surface that has come onto it in that time is surprising i'll, I'll send you i'll share a before and after picture of my uh, okay. my uh my lemon this time last year, because, you know, we all have the Google photos on your thing and that it comes up. Um, this time last year, whatever it says to you, and it shows you your pictures from a year ago, and it, it showed me my lemon tree. It had no leaves. It just looked like a bunch of sticks, and I remember my wife going, that thing's hideous. I get rid of it. I go, because you're mean to it. I go, you got to talk nice here. So now it's actually looking really good. It's nice and full, and and full of leaves and starting to get some blooms. So uh, hopefully I get a little bit of uh, some lemons happening over here for the winter. And then by midsummer, I might even have a, a lemon for out in the patio. So we'll see how that goes. All right. If you want to join us, full lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. We're going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Pierre. Good morning, Pierre. Hi, how are you? Doing great. How can we help you? Um, I usually plant garlic every single year in my gar in my garden, and this year I just got really busy and I bought all of the seeds, and I've got seeds from last year or bulbs from last year, but I just kind of missed the window, so the soil is getting a little frozen. So what can I do? Should I freeze them? Should I try to dig the ground and put them in? Um, I, I would still try. Uh, what did you find yesterday or day before, Terry? You were still digging out in the garden there. Yeah, so I planted some garlic um, just this past Sunday, a week ago. Um, I had a couple of varieties left. I still wanted to get in the ground. So um, I know I have read, too, that sometimes garlic planted in the spring um, can um, can do okay as well. So if your soil isn't, you know, if you're not able to get in there and, um, and get those planted now, because you're going to have to get down at least, you know, three, four inches, um, to, to get those at the right the right depth, I would probably just put those in the um, uh, probably in a car, uh, paper bag, and just pop them in the, the crisper of your fridge and just keep them cold through the winter. Okay. And then try planting it in the spring. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. Or if you it, yeah, if you have an auger, even on if you have a like a, if on the end of your drill, a one or two inch auger bit. Um, that makes all the difference to getting through the soil a little bit because it, it won't be frozen yet with this snow on top. Um, I, I don't think you'll have too much trouble still getting into the garden. So, But okay. later I'll on in the, the week, we're hitting that minus 25, so that won't be so good. 
Yeah, I think today might be my last window for sure, so I'll give that a shot. And I had one more quick question for you. Last sure. spring, you did an entire segment about growing mushrooms at home, and I remember listening to it in the car, and I wasn't able to take notes and stuff, but is that something you could revisit on a little bit? I'd love to get that started. Like, I've got a little bit more time now. Absolutely. And like that up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so stay tuned, and you can re-listen to all of our – we're on a podcast, so you can go on the podcast – Anywhere you you find your podcast on Spotify or Apple or whatever, um, you can you can listen to past segments. But absolutely, that's more of the a winter thing. We're definitely going to get the mushroom guys back on, and we'll we'll do another mushroom show. So um, and are, so thanks. Are you for, bringing are you bringing some more in the store? Because I was there a few yeah. weeks ago, and you guys were out. Yeah, we're just waiting for the next crops to come to get available. So they were just in between. So we're going to get restocked here right away. Okay, sounds awesome. Thank you so much, Merle. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Pierre. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, and, and Terry, those are like some of the, because unfortunately I did mention the time frame that we do have in winter. We have six months. Um, so it's nice to be able to grow some, some things inside. And uh, whether you want to grow some herbs or mushrooms or peppers like uh, Dwight. Lemon tree. Yeah. Lemon tree. <laughs> I'm trying to do a few different things. Um, I haven't, um, and I know some people grow tomatoes and different things as well. Um, but um, yeah, w why not? Right, you try and grow a few different things because we do have a. It is a long season, so it's it's always nice to grow a few different things. And uh, like I said, I, I enjoy looking at my my lemon trees and different ones that are that are doing well. And uh, and then just having a little bit of fun with that kind of stuff. But right now, we better take – actually, we're probably a little bit early. We can probably still go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. Hi there. How can we help you? I hope you can. Um, I've got my hyacinths planted, and they've just started to break the ground. What I really wanted to know is how much water and how wet should I keep the soil, if at all? Um. Uh, you definitely need to water, but just water mm -hmm. them and then let them dry out in between watering. So you're probably going to water every week and a half to two weeks. Uh, I've been doing it every week, just giving them yeah. some water. Yeah, don't do it until they're dry, though. Like, let the soil dry out. Dry out, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Not doesn't have to be totally bone dry, but let it dry out where you see the color change. And, right. And the pot feels a little bit lighter. Yeah. Especially with the bulbs. Otherwise, if you keep them wet all the time, they'll they'll rot away on you. So. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if I wasn't giving them enough water, but I think I am. They yeah. are starting and to sprout. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which is good. And then yeah. once they get going, just don't keep them in the hottest spot in your house because they'll come and bloom and be done real quick. So give them enough light, but just try and keep them in a little bit of a cooler spot. Okay. At the light. moment, they're in in down in the basement in a in a cupboard in the dark. So okay, yeah, you can pull them up and uh, start giving them some light. Right. Um, that will that will definitely help because okay. uh, yeah, because okay, in, yeah, all right. Well, I'll leave them in the be... basement, but let them have some light. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, that. Uh, because otherwise your bulbs, I find they'll start going blind on you or just they'll stretch out um, if they're not given the ample light. I know I've seen that with some of our amaryllis when we, if we leave them in the box too long and, 
and they trying to bust out of that box. They start uh, stretching out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when they're ready to go, you got to pull them up. Um, if you'd like to join us after the break, uh, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Coverage Year-Round Full-Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, heading into the to the festive season or winter season. So we'll, we'll be getting all of our greens and that in on the week of um, the 14th of November. That week we'll start getting our greens in. And then the Christmas trees are arriving the week of the 23rd, I believe. So um, looking forward to that. We have some gorgeous trees coming in that are, are looking really good. So, um, again, um, hitting that season should be good. Um, let's go to the phone line, Terry. We're going to go to Laura. Good morning, Laura. Oh, good morning. Can you hear How me can we okay? Yeah, absolutely. Good, um, good, good. Um, I have two flower or ornamental crab trees. One is doing really well. The other one... I noticed this year that there was hardly any growth. There was no um, floor, like flowers or anything on the top, but there was growth on the bottom. Can you tell me what your thoughts are on that? Yeah, I'll let Terry take this one. Um, how old are those trees? Um, are they newly planted? I would say in the last six years, yeah. Okay, so we're over that. Usually the, the first couple of years they don't behave quite as they, they normally would, usually around year three, as we start to see them, um, the leaf size, um, you know, come to its, you know, full fruition. So, um, what about um, what about fertilizing on these trees? What are you doing for fertilizer on these crabs? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Okay. No. Um, are they in a lawn? Yes. Yeah. They yeah. are? Okay. And what are you using for uh, fertilizer on your lawn? Um, I'm not sure. I have someone that comes and does it um, okay. once a year, I think. Yeah. Okay. Once or twice. All right. It's just that um, anything that's flowering is going to benefit from having that high middle number, so that phosphorus oh. number in the middle. So like 15, okay. 30, 15. Okay. Okay. Um, if you're using a really high nitrogen fertilizer, you're going to get lots of um, growth, lots of um, green growth. But... Um, not a tremendous amount of, uh, of flowering. So what I would do is I would probably uh, up my game just in um, using some 15, 30, 15 on those. Okay. And it, it might take, you know, um, it might take a season uh, of fertilizing them diligently with that so that when you start fertilizing next year, because they set their flower buds the year before, right? Oh, so okay. The flower, so the flower buds that you'll see in the spring of 2023 um, were set this year. Okay. So, okay. yeah, I would just um, I would just try that. Yeah. And see if, Should... if moving to that fifteen thirty fifteen doesn't okay. um, doesn't help those um, flower out better for you. What about the growth on the bottom? Like it looks almost like it's forming a bush. It, like it's looking very odd. Should that be trimmed back? Should I have an arborist come and um, look so at you that? So you got a lot of you got a lot of growth right at the very base, or right at the yeah. trunk. Okay. Yeah. Um, trees that are under some level of stress tend to put out um, a, a lot of suckers. 
So um, okay. I would just do a double check um, on on the depth of the planting. Make sure it's planted at the right the right depth. Um, uh-huh. So you want just as the the flare uh, for the, where the uh, flare of the trunk um, starts. That's kind of okay. where you want that that soil level. So um, if you dig down and you find that um, that that portion is um, is buried, then okay. it could be planted a little too deep and and because of that, um, promoting that suckering that you're seeing. Okay, okay. okay. And well, just ensure um, that you're giving them that slow, deep watering, because typically if you're not getting, again, like Terry's saying, under stress, they're getting that little growth up top and more from okay. the bottom. It's that stress, so they need that slow, deep watering. So throw the hose okay. on there, just let barely come out as a trickle, and okay. just let it go for four or five hours so it just really gets the root ball nice and moist if you do that once yeah. a month you'll see a huge difference in your trees probably the problem that i've just left them be so maybe i need to yeah. do a little bit more just like us we like you. a little bit of attention right of course okay well thank you so much Abs- i really appreciate you taking my call this morning love All right, the show. of course thank you. Okay. thanks laura bye-bye bye-bye yeah it's uh it, it, and that's it like they don't need a lot terry like trees and shrubs, but if everybody would just, if you, even if it's every couple of weeks or even once a month, if you give your trees, if they're after established after two or three years, if you water your trees once a month with a really good watering, you're going to see a huge difference in in what they're going to get back to you. Um, yes, absolutely. You can't, yeah, you can't just plant them and forget them um, because they they do need a little bit of. Uh, little bit of uh, protection they need some um nourishment they need that little bit of tender loving care um creating a tree well around your tree a little bit of bark mulch and uh, a little bit of water <laughs> and uh, that goes it goes a long ways yeah it, it does a lot um we we live in such a dry part of um of the the province um we have such a cool short dry season that um like even just having spent a lot of time in, in edmonton uh this summer it's it's really noticeable that the tree can be between the two cities um where edmonton gets a, a greater amount of rainfall than we do uh and i never really noticed it before but this year it really struck me that um also their seasons a little it's longer than ours too but just the difference in that moisture was um was huge yeah, and what, can, what really does it. it in is it's our Chinooks, those Chinooks that we love. But during yeah. that six months, when we get those Chinooks, that just desiccates a lot of our plant material and our trees and shrubs. And really then that's why yeah. up in Edmonton, you go up there and you can see like they have cedars everywhere and things like that. So it's not the cold, it's our Chinooks it's the Chinook, that do absolutely. our trees and yeah, suck all the moisture out, right? So I know we love yeah. our Chinooks, but um, that's when we talk when we have all this snow right now. Do that snow farming so when we do get our Chinook, um, the roots will stay frozen. That moisture will just melt nicely down into the root system of your trees and shrubs and uh, and make all the difference. And we yep. still have time. We're going to go to Genevieve. Good morning, Genevieve. Morning. How are I you? I have a question about my tulip bulbs. I didn't get them planted in the ground. 
Now, do I put them in the freezer in a bag, or do I plant them in soil in the house and put them in the fridge? What do I do gotta, for you, my two you get out. You got to get outside today and shovel the snow away and start digging. <laughs> I, I cannot. I've got about a foot of snow everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, I wouldn't know where to dig. Them. I'd probably dig some of mine up from last year. Do you have like a cold storage area or like a, cool. a cellar not, or a not cold, it's cool. Um, hey Terry, what are your thoughts? Like what type of temperature do they need? Like they don't necessarily need to freeze, but if they if they if she could do some forcing either in the fridge or Well, in I've a got cool, a fridge downstairs, could I put them in there? Yeah, I would pop them in in the fridge. Um, in, just in the fridge. In a uh, paper bag, would, a box, or layers of newspaper. Um, what are they now? Just the bag that they came in? Yes. Okay, so it's probably there's probably holes in that bag, so there is going to be some air circulation in there, correct? I didn't understand that. Um, the, when the bulbs come, uh, they're in a plastic bag, and there's usually some holes in that bag already. Is that what you've got? Uh, no, I don't keep them in a plastic bag. I keep them in a paper bag. Okay, yeah, so if you have them in a paper bag, I would just pop that bag in the fridge and then just leave them there. Uh, I'd probably give them, you know, um, a good <clears throat> four months anyway uh, of dormancy, and I'd see what they were doing um, probably come beginning of March, and then okay. I would pop them up, yep. and, uh, and yeah, I think you'll have uh, pretty good success. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, because I hate to lose them, but if I lose them, well, that's my fault. Yeah. And then I have another question, if you don't mind. I have a Christmas cactus. Well, I have several. I keep starting them. I have some that I've watered, fairly good. Some that are partially dry. Why do the branches uh, break off? They fall off. They're in bloom right now, and they just break off. So as you're, yes. as you're watering it and moving around, it, it, they're breaking? They're what? As you're moving that plant around, um, they'll, they'll, they'll break? Yes. Yeah, um, some of that is just, them, yeah, sometimes if they, they just get longer, um, are they, do they look pretty healthy otherwise? Like they're yes, blooming they do. for they're you? They're healthy and strong looking. Yeah, so you're probably going to get the odd one. Even if you just bump it, like they'll fall off. Like that happens. Um I think it's a fairly normal, unless you're you're not getting ton like, not not over half is dropping off or anything. And they're you know they're, they're quite big that fall off. Yeah, so that's just the weight of the bloom, and they they'll break off at their joints. Yes. And a lot of times that's the way they reproduce as well, right? Because they can. Hmm. I've they, never had that those, happen until this year. Hmm. Yeah, they can they can reproduce real easy. So those that fall off, if you want to take that and just stick it, just poke a hole into the soil and just stick it in there and it'll, it'll, it'll re-root right oh, there. Oh, I didn't know you could stick it in soil. I usually put them in some water and let them root. Yeah, you could do it that way or just right in. But also if they get too hot or cold can also cause their leaves to drop off. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so Thank you. it may be in this in the recently when the heater kicks on, if they're near a heat vent, if they got a little bit no, too warm, no, they, they're not. They could they're have away from the on the kitchen table. 
Yeah. And they get, so, uh, you know, a lot of light, but not direct sunlight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I think it'd be totally fine, but it's normally just um, when they get too dense, too, they kind of, they self-separate, too. Like, they, they want to separate themselves. All right? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jenny. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper as well. And we are sitting, it's a little bit chilly out there. Mine's, mine says minus 14, and uh, I guess it's a little chilly. And don't forget, later on this afternoon, I think around 2.30, stamps are in the playoffs, so go stamps, go can listen to that right here on 770 which will be good but let's go to the phone lines and we're going to go to darlene good morning darlene good morning uh, my question is yellow leaves is it too much water or not enough water <laughs> well it can be a little both <laughs> to okay. be honest it's, um, uh, it's a hibiscus about three feet high it was outside in the summer brought it in and it was okay but i put the furnace on in the last you know, get cold. So now I'm getting a lot of yellow leaves. So I'm not sure. So, if I'm... yeah, they're gonna do that. They're gonna they're probably gonna drop a bit on you because oh, when okay. they come from a just a bit of a transition, those lemons, gardenias, some of those mm -hmm. ones will do that. They'll just yeah. when they get the change of environment, they'll drop some leaves. And also, mm -hmm. just really check really well for spider mite. Spider mites oh, okay. love hibiscus, especially when they're outside. <laughs> yeah. And same with the lemon and that. So just get like get a it depends how good your eyes are, but you want to get um a little magnifying glass and just right. check around all the joints, up by the leaves, up by the buds and anywhere the new growth. And if okay. you see any kind of webbing or whatever, you're gonna have some spider mites on there. So just just check that. Okay. And if you do have some um, you just have to find a spot in your house where you can lay out. I like to just sit it on a, or if it does warm up, you can take it back outside yeah. and give it a spray out in the patio. But if not, um, you can just lay out a blanket or something that a drop cloth of some sort. And okay. we have this aerosol um, spray. It's for house plants, okay. and, and you can just give it a really good spray um, just in those joints and just give everything a good spray. And I typically do that with all my plants. If I bring them in, like my lemon tree, when I brought it in from outside, before I bring it in, I always give it a really good spray because, oh. um, tend to, they, they, spider mites do love those kind of things because they don't get to, like, it's sort of like us, right? There's some, uh, this <laughs> really great looking fruit out there. You just got to have it. That's yep. same with a lot of the bugs. Like they're outside, they can, eat on the spireas and that all the time but I'm hey awesome. there's a nice juicy hibiscus that i never get to have i'm going to go over there so <laughs> okay i will check for that for sure right yeah, away because that can that can cause yellowing as well yeah. and your fertilizer for your hibiscus is a 30 10 10 um they do that. yeah mm -hmm. they do like that and then you should be good but you're going to get a bit of growth uh, drop and that, that'll be fairly normal. Just to it adjusts. So find a good steady, good bright location for it. Yeah. It'll drop a bit. And then just let it dry in between waterings, but not too dry. Oh, like okay. It, uh, you like water, right? Tend to kind of tropical? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but just underwater a little bit, especially now we're going into our short days. Oh, um, true. So probably every couple of weeks um, it's going to be lots. 
um, and uh, yeah, just let it dry out in between, and uh, and then you should be good to go. Okay, I will check for spider mites. Thank you so very much for your help. You're welcome. And uh, yeah, so Terry, um, we're going into our, into our winter and our in our Christmas season. Is there some of the we were going to touch on the winter interest? So if you're looking out in your yard um, today, what do you what are you thinking or what are you hoping to see um, when you look out the window? So anything that, um, as you know, I, I love anything in that perennial world that leaves some structure behind. Yeah. Um, and, and some, some architecture for, for the winter. So um, I love seeing, um, you know, if, if you've planted, say, echinacea in sort of a nice drift of, you know, three or more plants, um, they're quite showy uh, this time of year against the snow. Um, Rebecca as well, Goldstrom Rebecca, um, looks great. Uh, this little black, um, just little black uh, globe uh, is what's left with those. And actually the chickadees love those too. So, and that's important I part. I know we had Myrna on last week talking about birds, but that's a big part of our uh, of our garden, and 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 they are important um, yeah, part of it. Absolutely, it is. And I was reminded too as I was putting shrubs away um, uh, and trenching them this week, just some things out there that um, we we sort of tend to, you know, uh, not give them a lot of attention um, in the spring and summer, but um, we had. Uh, of note, we had some um, alder um, shrubs that get probably five, six feet tall and wide with a yep. little tiny dark brown cone. Those, those were quite striking. Um, scrub birch, too. Beautiful, beautiful um, branching structure. Yeah, so it's um, good to get a nice mix of some evergreens and then some of the deciduous, like you're, you're talking, um, of, of different different plants and then also your your bigger trees like a, an ohio buckeye even just sitting by itself like i don't like to plant them too far in the background right. i usually like to put them in the front of a garden um because they kind of have that ornate structure in the winter time like this they're they look kind of neat like they just kind of they create their skeleton and yeah in the winter kinda, time they are rather majestic in the winter aren't they at that uh, yeah they've got pretty cool. great textured bark too yeah so then again, you got your obviously all your dogwoods and things like that, um, and uh, <laughs> there's a few that do well. But I, I find the the color of the branches get a bit muted here for some reason. I'm not too sure why they seem to lose their really really bright redness in that. Um, so, <laughs> but you, you you can get that. What is the one there? Is it Quick Fire or or, or Firefox or Trying to remember the one uh, that's on the really... dogwood. Yeah, there's there's a few. Um, those were um, those kind of stood out. Uh, Neon burst was one when we were putting shrubs away. It really stood out to me. Um, Red gnome is another new one. Um, okay, that, that that stood out. Um, some of them are more finely textured. Uh, the, the stems aren't as big, but um, yeah, I would uh, I would not hesitate to uh, to add those. Um, again, I would probably. Um, try and, you know, if I was going to plant a dogwood, I probably would try and find an area where I could put at least three so that I get that impact from yep. several together, right? Absolutely. And mix in some Carl Foresters, and then you got a nice little, uh, a nice little garden. But we got to take a quick break here again. If you want to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403 
974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And if you'd like to join us, we have a couple spots open on the phone line. You can call us at 403-974-8255. But right now we're going to go... We're going to go to Carolyn. Good morning, Carolyn. <clears throat> Hello, Carolyn. Oh, hi, Merle. How are you doing? We're doing good. How can we help you? I really have to thank you for your show every Sunday. It's awesome. It, thank it's you. so informative and it's so interesting. Good. Thanks. I enjoy doing it. So anyway, thank you so much. I live on the corner lot here in Tuscany. Um, yeah. Uh, and I didn't get the last cut the last uh, lawn cut or um, kind of like a million leaves and the bushes i like to get them rounded not big bushes like i can't remember the names yeah is it is it dangerous what and no fertilizer of course on there is that okay for now yeah that's totally fine what i would do is just i would leave it till like if we do happen to get where the snow will melt which we probably will get um, if you can get out and maybe just push some of the leaves and that off the lawn into the flower beds would be great, um, either with a blower or just a rake. And then shaping, I always prefer to do it first thing in the spring anyways because depending on your blooming plants, you want to let them bloom if you are going to get them. But just if you if you do it um, too early, um, you, you tend to get a bit more winter dieback. So I like to do any of my trimming and shaping and and thinning out um, first thing in the spring. They say that the leaves give a bit of a fertilizer to the grass. Is that true? Um, not really to the grass. They'll eventually if they compost, but you don't want to do that. If you leave them on your lawn, it causes more harm than good because it can create a bunch of mold and and rotting on top of your lawn. Okay. So it's it's best if you don't have them piled on there too deep onto your grass so and and do it and do it uh, more in the spring you said eh yeah i i i prefer when you're doing any of that shaping because then you get the new growth to starting and then you can also see if it's died back anywhere so you can remove any of the deadwood at that time and just give it a nice shape when the new growth is coming out great and uh, and that usually works out really well oh thank you so much so much merle you All right, really thanks, keep, Carolyn. keep everybody informed and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Have a nice Appreciate day. Appreciate it. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. And let's go to the phone line. Let's go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Oh, good morning. Uh, uh, I missed the first part of your program. I was out shoveling snow, but I was wondering what kind of fertilizer you can use in November. Um, for, uh, for what are you fertilizing? Mustaches, for growing mustaches. <laughs> well, we we just we, we, the more support we get on our Movember, yeah. um, that definitely helps. <laughs> so if you yeah. go if you go to our Movember site and you'll yeah. see our, our crew on that will stash it up. Um, okay, so but, that's what I was asking about, just so the listeners know. And and uh, been a long time fan of you, Merle, and the community builder that you are and your philanthropic efforts and I know that you so much plants but in so many ways it is we need people like you and we need us to support you with your fundraiser so what exactly do we do where do we go now yeah you, you can go you? to Movember the Movember site 
um, and that's with an M, Movember. Okay. And then our team at Spruce It Up, we're doing uh, um, as as a bunch of us are getting in our in our fifties as guys. So yeah. we're uh, trying to support some some Movember for prostate cancer and things like that. Because I think when you dig, you don't usually have to dig too deep to find out uh, it's affected you in some way with a friend or a family member. So. Yeah. Um, we want to do that, and then we're we're also going to be doing our charity event coming up at Christmas with the reindeer and and that. So keep posted oh. on all of our social media. But thanks, Diane. I appreciate the call. You're very welcome, and thanks for everything you do. And good luck with this. And uh, again, I don't know the best fertilizer for this problem. I'm a nurse, <laughs> well, and I should I just, know, but I don't. All right. Thanks, Diane. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Yeah, mine's starting to come in. Um, hopefully by maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, it'll, 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 it'll start thickening up a bit. I got to figure out what to do on it. Maybe I'll rub a little bit of, uh, ginseng or something on there, Terry. I'm not too sure. (laughs) Um, actually we're time for, we got to take another break already. If you want to join us after the break, we're in our last 10 minutes of the show. Um, you can give us a call at 403-974-8255. Five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. <laughs> 